Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and this has officially become one of my favorite um, traditions that we started. Can, can it be called a tradition if it's just the second year that you're doing it? But this is, wait for it, drum roll. Kirby, you don't have to worry about editing in a drum roll there. I know you're overworked and overstressed. Anyways, drum roll. Best of... Okay, so this year, because we did a full-blown year, we're actually going to have two separate episodes for the best of. Um, and oh my gosh, you know, I, I always get excited about these because I think like I'm going to have the week off, but I don't. Kirby doesn't give me the week off. I have to like record all the like background stuff and like do all that jazz, but also selecting them are really, really, really hard. Um one, because I don't like listening to myself for an hour uh, because I, I go back and forth between shame and um, and just like, oh, yeah, that was a good point. And then like I just listen to myself ramble about the point for the next five minutes. And I'm like, oh, my God, you made your point. Shut up, woman. But it is fun listening to my guests. So how we go about picking the episodes for this um, is kind of a combination of, you know, which episodes had the most downloads, which episodes were shared the most, which episodes had you um, tagging us and you screenshotting and sharing the most, like which ones just really got the most feedback from people having them, us people message us saying like, thank you so much. So that is um, kind of the filter we used for these. But for any of my guests who didn't make it on this year, like, oh, I'm sorry. I wish I could devote the first two months of the year to replaying the best episodes from the previous year. But then, I mean, I think you could see, like, it would it, that would get out of hand quickly. So... Anyways, um, before we jump in, you know, it is the beginning of January and I just have to comment on something hilarious that um, has been a trend for me already this year. And you're like, for God's sake, Lauren, it's a week and a half. Yeah, I've noticed a trend. Okay, people, I'm a quick learner. Get on board. Um, so the the trend is that I there's this idea of picking a word, right? This is, I don't know when we started doing this, but I don't feel like we've 
I don't feel like five years ago I was, I felt the pressure to pick a word. Um, but in the last couple of years, I don't remember what my word was last year. I could probably go back on my Instagram. I'm sure I wrote about it. Uh, you're welcome. Um, but this year, my word was going to be stillness. I think I talked about it on last week's podcast, how like I feel that as an Enneagram three, I just need to like learn to be a little less of a workaholic this year and not constantly be moving and doing things. Well, apparently the universe picked a different word for me. And it's funny because I, I think it's I think it's funny that we think we get to pick what our lesson is going to be for the year, right? Because when we're picking a word, that's what we're doing is we're picking an area that um, we want to evolve and grow deeper in. So, you know, maybe it's like connection or service or joy, but basically we're looking to uh, that to be our lesson and what we're going to focus our work on. And we should know by now that we don't have that much control. So 2021 has already told me, yeah, maybe later I can work on stillness, but at least for the first month, I'm gonna be working on dealing with rejection from others. Seriously, I can't go into it. We're gonna have a whole episode, I promise. But basically from New Year's Eve day, I have had just the weirdest few stories of patients like straight up like rejecting me like people I really cared about and I thought like had a good relationship with just like going behind my back to like go to a different chiropractor and lie to me and I'm like what is happening um I had a, a patient earlier in or like towards the end of 2020 but like months ago that you know didn't love how we went to an open concept. Again, this was a, this is a friend and patient that I've known for a long time. Um, just straight up call and quit care because she didn't like our new office and it hurt. And, you know, I, I thought I got over it, but then like the first week of new year's, I am forced next to like sitting next to her during a pedicure. And I'm like, Oh my God. I am so uncomfortable. You know, so it's just really funny. The universe is just like, no, we're going to get to the root of this one, Lauren. You are going to start like learning these lessons of not pleasing everybody because that's the root of having a hard time with rejection, right? Is that you weren't able to please everyone. Um, well, at least for me that, you know, when it comes from patience, um, you get your heart broken. Well, no, that's the same thing. Like you get your heart broken, you feel rejected and you feel bad because you couldn't get that person to love you. Whew, this is going dark. Didn't mean it. Sorry, guys. Anyways, I thought it was kind of comical. That's the moral of the story is that, well, shit, I guess stillness isn't my word. I guess rejection is the lesson I'm going to learn. And we're, here we go. So before we get in, let's do a listener highlight. Uh, so this is um, from Nugent, and it says, can't get any more real than Dr. Lauren. Love the practical, no-nonsense approach Dr. Lauren has to so many of life's everyday situations from family, work, business, and more. Not a DC, but an entrepreneur starting my own business and find I get so much insight from my visits with her. Can't wait to hear all she has to say every week. Thank you. I appreciate those um, reviews like a ton. One, 
we, we, we read them at the beginning of every episode. So it's difficult when I don't have a new one. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. It gives me something to actually say during an episode, but also it just fills my little heart with joy. So uh, this can this be a request? If you have been a listener to the She Slice the Day podcast for a while, and you have not taken a couple minutes to just jot down one, two, three sentences. It doesn't even need to be formally in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You could just send me a DM. I would really appreciate it. It would just make make me happy. So, you know, if you don't want to, that's okay. I've said in the past, all y'all listening who would like, if you had to read a review or write a review, you'd write a three-star review. I appreciate you not. You know what? You just go on, just keep getting the podcast for free and tuning in and you just keep your opinion to yourself. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, let's pray. Hmm. Dear God, thank you so, so much for this opportunity to be here connecting with the people listening. Thank you for bringing us all together in this weird way. Um, did you anticipate podcasts? Like, what day was that and the seven-day thing that you were like, and then podcasts will be a thing? Um, but they allow us to connect to humans in a new way. And I think there's so much beauty in that weird kind of connection. Uh, also, thank you for each and every person that took time out of their life to be on this podcast to have the impact and connect with all these people listening um, be with them, bless them in their year going forward, help them find, uh, continue to find places for their really important message to be shared, not just within chiropractic, but a across the world, because so many of the speakers that I am blessed to talk to, so many of the people that I have on the show, they have such amazing messages and people need to hear it. So be with them, continue to help them spread their message. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so we've got four clips that you're going to be hearing in this part one of the best of. The very first one, they're not in chronological order, okay? We had a whole debate, like, do we go in chronological order? Do we do it this way? We decided they're not in chronological order, but we went more with like flow and energy and a listener experience. So this first one is episode 44, and this is our COVID roundtable. Um, gosh, this was such a great episode. Go back and listen to the entire episode. This is one of the most impactful episodes that was on the entire podcast, I believe. Um, so it's Dr. Denisa Weber, Dr. Christy Wick, Dr. Nona Javid, Dr. Tamara McIntyre, and Dr. Devin Vrana. And basically this was when COVID hit in, like the pandemic really took off in March, um, and so many people, ooh, you know, you remember March um, when that was happening. Uh, we just had a lot of people within our profession looking to other leaders in our profession and being like, what should I be doing? What should I be feeling about all of this? Like, um, and I wanted to provide a space for some of the most impactful leaders that I know and have access to. I wanted to like essentially have like this bonfire experience of like if we had all these women just sitting around a bonfire and we were freaking talking about 
what is going on in the world? Where are we going? What's going to happen in 2020? What would that conversation look like? So like I said, if that doesn't pique your interest to go back to episode 44 and listen, um, then for sure this clip will. So um, this is starting with Dr. Devin. You know, each of these clips, we jump right in. So this is starting with Dr. Devin and talking about expectations and boundaries. And then Dr. Tamara builds off it. It's a good one. All right. Enjoy. Keeping away. Terrible boundaries. Um, and yet this shake was like, girl, you better get your shit together. Um, and and it's the awareness that a lot of people do depend on me. Um, I have five kids, so, so even if I don't go past that circle, like you know, we about pass the 10-person limit just within the walls of our home. So um, like it's been an interesting, you know, and and so again, it's like, what am what do I what am I choosing to do? So my morning routine is essential right now. It is feed my body, feed my heart, feed my mind before I feed anyone else. And that's, it's unbreakable to me right now, whether that, you know, perfect world, I get an hour this morning, I got 20 minutes. And so it's like, whatever that means yesterday was gorgeous. So I could go outside and I could go for a run. And this morning it was 25 degrees and I ain't going out there in that. And so it was, tea in, in my office, just looking out at the clouds, you know? And so I I love at a Tony Robbins seminar. Um, and now I think it serves me more than ever. And I hope whoever hears this, that it was speaking to you or why I feel the need to share it. Um, Jim Rohn told Tony Robbins, you must stand guard at the door of your mind and now more than ever. And so I believe that part of why I can feel this internal peace is because for a decade, chiropractic has trained me. Um, I, you know, above down inside, I'm rock solid in my principle and the way the body works. I'm rock solid in trust that if a bone is broken, I don't fix it. And we got a broken bone right now. And so I can't rush that process. I can't fix that process. And, and, and so what I can do for my people is go sometimes when things are broke, all processes take time, but healing always happens always. And, and if we scratch out, if we piss it off, it's just going to take longer. So if we give the healing to where it comes from, which is source, whatever that means to you, then it's easier to pause and just breathe and do what you can do, which is love the people closest to you. Boundary wise, I put a circle around my girls. So they had lunch on Tuesday and I said, I need you team. I need you to give me your top 10 fears. Send them to me because you're human and you haven't had all the training I've had. And so who can I help? I can help the people closest to me. They text me their 10 fears. Me and my sister hit record on our phone and we spoke life and hope and uncertainty in some of them into, into what, you know, this is how we feel it. This is what our training, this is how I hear that. This is now go share that with your family if you want to, because they're scared for their parents. They're scared for these things. And so I can't fix it, but I can, I can promise them I'm not going anywhere and I'm going to walk beside them. And that's a way I can set boundaries. Cause I just sent a circle of love around my people. Last thing I would say is I'm being very choosy about who I, who I engage with. Right. And so, yes, I'm on the phone at midnight with my girl, Denisa, over a cup of like, and yes, we're in tears and in laughter. I'm not going to do that with everybody. Like, I can't do that with everybody. And so it's like, 
who pours life into me? Like who I'm standing guard at the door of my heart and mind right now. Who's my army? Well, let me look around. Like, who do I trust? You know, and, and some days that's just me and God mm-hmm. and, and social media wise. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I love what Gary Vee says. I don't think social media is bad. I don't think media is bad. I think it, it amplifies who we already were. So if it amplifies your fear, then get off of it and restabilize your system. I, I just watch. I'm in observation mode. So I'm consuming a lot because I do want to know where the world's at, but I'm maintaining my internal state. And so boundaries for me are all about the ground wire. Yep. Dr. Tamara, you were nodding and shaking your head. Did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, sort of two two things to just, you know, that, uh, that Devin hit on. Um, one, you know, we all have different boundaries and limits to our boundaries. And I think this is, um, I, you know, it's the conversation I have a lot of times with young doctors is, um, do you know who you are when you show up? And do you know where your hooks are? You know, because that whole sort of idea that, 20% of our practice takes 80% of our energy. The only reason that happens is when you don't know what the hook or what your bound, you know, where, what boundaries being crossed that you don't know. And so this is a really interesting time to reflect on where exactly, where exactly is it that we become weakened? Um, where, you know, where's the edge of our comfort? Um, and this is really a time to reflect on that. And especially in our roles as chiropractors, because we are leaders, people are looking to us. And so, you know, for me as a chiropractor, you know, the, the other piece of this is, you know, I function from a place where I'm not the healer, I'm a facilitator. And so in that model, what it also means is that I don't cure, I facilitate healing. And so, you know, what happens sometimes in that energy sucking exchange is people are coming to us asking for us to cure this problem. And it's the same dialogue, you know, that we have when somebody comes and has pain and is asking for an exchange. You know, they're coming to us out of a world where there's a lot of uncertainty, but they're thinking there's going to be one simple answer. You're going to be able to actually give them the cure to what's happening in the world. And the reality is that, it's, you know, the, the lesson I would say that I offer is that healing is a responsibility, an individual responsibility, but it's also our individual birthright. And so if you can see the gift in that, and if you can recognize that this is a time to reflect on where we are and recognize that our role that we've chosen had a different way that we did that exchange within the context of chiropractic and the exchange of the adjustment. I'm not in that world right now. But what I would tell you is that I'm in that role of facilitating healing and it's just happening at a different level and a different level of conversation. But um, so boundaries and healing for me are intimately connected. And I think this is a time to really hone and identify um, where is that boundary for you and be totally okay with whatever that is, but just call it, just call it what it is, own it, take it on and recognize that you are responsible for creating that environment that gives to you, not, you know, takes of you. All right. So powerful, right? I told you, go back and listen to that entire episode. I I wish that we could have just had every single one of the people because every single doctor that was in that round table contributed so much 
But then the entire episode would have just been replaying the episode. Ugh. Again, you guys, this is a hard episode to pick. I, like, As a people pleaser, can we just connect the dots here from where I started? My goal of the year is to like deal with rejection and like that has to not be pleasing everyone. Oh, anyways. So next episode is number 71. And this is Dr. Rebecca Risk on. And this is actually her, is it a cameo? Is that when somebody comes encore? I think it's an encore is what the word I'm looking for. This is actually her second episode that we had her on. Um, initially just talking about Instagram. In this one, we're digging a little deeper. Over the course of 2020, um, we definitely dug a little deeper into social media and Instagram specifically. And this one is her talking about Instagram stories. Um, that episode was awesome. She like basically teaches you how to use stories, how to balance education versus being entertaining and really encourages you how to show up consistently. That was her, our, my big takeaway from the episode was, oh my gosh, every day. I'm like, every day, if you listen to the episode, I go back. I'm like, do I have to do it every day? She was every day. I'm like, shit. Anyways. Um, but just how to show up as yourself, because that is what people are looking for in your stories, is seeing that there's a real human behind the camera that um, has their own unique personality and drive. So this is episode 71 on Instagram stories with Dr. Rebecca. So I'm a chiropractor, and let's say that I have my personal chiropractic Instagram page. What do I have to be educating all the time on that? Because you said it's more about personality. So like, how do I know what to post in on there? Like, you know, like, yeah. Like what's the, what's the fine line between, because like, obviously I'm not going to show like Instagram stories of me twerking in the club. <laughs> I yeah. That. Okay. I get what you're saying. So like, but do it, does it have to be like, I only eat organic and like, do I have to be constantly educating? Where's the line on, this is who I am as a real person, but there's also purpose behind what I'm showing. Okay. So I really use my feed to educate, um, and truly expose who I am as a chiropractor and as a doctor. Okay. But when it comes to stories, you want to connect on a human to human level. Okay. Because like I said, you're not just buying the product, but you're, you're buying the person behind the product. So for example, if you're a chiropractor and you're showing your adjustments and educating on posture and things like that, that's fine and dandy, but people want to see who, who's behind the adjustment, who's behind, like, what kind of person are they? Do they care? Are they empathetic? Are they a real like human? Um, and that's what people buy because yes, they see, okay, yeah, she adjusts really well. Not that they would really know off of the video, but, oh, she, you know, she gives these, she does these treatments that I'm interested in, but I'm also really in love with the person that she is. Right. And then those two together, make the sale, Got really it. promote you in a way that, um, it, it wouldn't otherwise. So for example, if you're doing like a Google search or if you're doing, um, you know, you're going on LinkedIn or whatever the case may be, people are buying and people are, um, want to be able to relate to you. And it's just, the times have changed, I think. And I think that also, um, 
you have to remain professional, but also not be afraid to show who you are type of thing. Yeah. Um, for example, there was a whole movement about um, how doctors and nurses and all this stuff can't be wearing bikinis and posting in like, you know, sexy dresses and things like that. But that's what people relate to. That's what people really love about, about all of that. So, and that's one of the main feedback um, that I get from patients who are from Instagram and just my, my following is that like, we really see you as a person, like you, you seem to really care. And yes, they may have got that through my feed and my caption and my post, maybe, but I think where they really got that is from the stories. Okie dokie, we are cruising along here. Um, so this next episode blew up. Um, partially, it was one of those episodes, it's episode 77 with Megan Landris, and she's a student loan expert. So she's not a chiropractor, but I had her scheduled um, to record sometime in October, I believe, and wasn't really planning on her episode releasing until like for like two months. And after I got off the episode, I was like, I told Kirby, I said, budger to the front. Like people need this information on student loans and they need it as soon as possible. Now I will give um, a little precursor. If you go back and listen, if you haven't listened to episode 77, WTF guys, come on. Um, some of the information in the episode, I think is no longer relevant, only a small percentage because um, the student loan thing like of what changes with now that we're in 2021. Um, but the meat and potatoes of the episode was how to approach the entirety of your student loans, not just what to do in 2020. So go back, listen. She is an expert and she doesn't just talk ethereal. She walks us through multiple, like very detailed examples um, that were kind of mind blowing, like truly mind blowing, gave me the hot sweats at certain points. Um, but you couldn't lie with like the data of like, oh yeah, this is absolutely the smartest way to approach student loans. How do people not know this? So um, without further ado, episode number 77 with student loan expert, Megan Landris. Because I think there should be, you should take your debt one of two directions and only one of two directions. I think if you go anywhere in the middle, you pay way more than you need to. I think you should either take the really aggressive route, pay it down as soon as possible, reduce that, that cost over time. Um, or I think you should be really passive, mm -hmm. pay as little as possible, maximize how much we get forgiven, but also do something productive with that extra cash flow. You know, put that towards savings, put that towards your financial future. That can really help you get ahead. Um, because so I, I think middle ground is the dangerous part. And I, I'm remembering as you're talking about this of like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why we went hard at it because a couple years into practice, we were, I was doing well, we were doing well. And um, he, mm -hmm. my, my husband, well, calculator uh, went like, we're going to pay this off to like, if we just made the same amount of money, didn't get poor, make less money, but it didn't even make more money. If we just made the same amount of money, we would pay off your student loans in 23 years. Mm -hmm. So we would miss the forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Like nothing would have gotten forgiven and we would have paid a, a lot because our income-based repayment thing was like going with our income. So it's yeah. for these people, these chiropractors that like 
start to like in the beginning, you're like, I'm not making much. Then you would recommend going with like be passive, pay the minimum amount, any extra money you have, don't throw it at your loans, put that in investments and things like that, pay off your house, yada, yada. If you're like killing it, then go balls to the wall. But like the middle mm-hmm. ground is where you're like, oh, I'm making $120,000 a year and my debt is 180000 That's where people mm-hmm. are probably going to get like, t- need to talk to somebody like you and go like, all right, what do you got to, what are you going to do here? Because that's where you probably get screwed. Yeah. And I think sometimes people who are kind of in that middle ground, it, it is a lifestyle decision at that point. Like, you know, we have to be okay with having a longer payment trajectory if you want to not prioritize the loans. Um, But, you know, I think, and so I was just kind of running some numbers here. So using, let's say we have, um, let's use the average, the 250 for the student loan balance. Let's use the average income for a chiropractor of 80,000. And let's kind of see what that does over time. So um, for the 25 year plan, so revised pay as you earn is a 25 year payoff schedule or, um, maximum repayment schedule. Is that one of the four you said how there's like four of them? Yes, there's four. Um, so repay most folks should have access to, even if you borrowed like really early on. Um, but based on that trajectory, if your income grew at a regular, maybe 3% growth rate over time from the 80,000, um, based on your payment trajectory, you would pay about 213 uh, on a debt that you started at 250 on. And the remaining balance, once you hit that 25-year time frame, would be 355. So the balance would grow. And this is another Ooh. thing that people have to kind of wrap their heads so around. <laughs> you're at like, oh my God. So then do you have, so $355,000 would get forgiven. In that, three fifty five would get forgiven. Mm-hmm. And you then, only paid two thirteen in. Mm-hmm. Your balance grew, so you're pretty much just paying interest. Yeah, but then exactly. you pay taxes yeah. on the three fifty. Yep. So the three fifty five. So let's say the tax code it makes me is uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me make you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> So th- what's interesting is, and you mentioned, you know, there, there's so student loans are a hot topic in Congress right now. And for years, they've been talking about potentially eliminating this tax implication. And so let's say that's the case. Let's say they do away with taxes that are owed on a forgiven income driven payment um, trajectory. Then you walked away only paying 213 on a debt that you owed 250 on. So that's where you win. But also the other side of the coin, you, so the taxes off of 355 um, estimated worst case scenario, you'd owe about 142 in that year. Wait, like $142,000? Yes. Oh, fuck. Because they would act as if you made that 355 as income. and you'd have Oh, to shit. Yeah, so you yeah. got to start planning for that too. Yes. And so, and, and that sounds horrifying. It sounds but, really horrifying, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> like, I don't Let even break drop apart F-bombs on the thing and I'm like in a cold sweat over here. I don't even have student loan debt and I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah, but let me break it down to where people on the call, you know, people listening in are, aren't having cold sweats after after this either. But so, you know, that brings our total cost. So if we add how much we pay towards the student loans and how much we pay towards taxes, that's about 
about three, almost exactly how much we got free of it in 355. Um, and so what that looks like from, you know, if we had to save for the tax implication, when we break apart the math to figure out how much we'd have to have just, you know, building up in that, uh, you know, if we were investing it, um, we'd have to save about 260 a month in addition to our student loan payment, which is based off of income. And so that payment would be about 500 based off of these numbers we're talking about. Um, and so from a total, like how much you have going towards your student loan situation, it would be about call it 700 to 800 a month. Um, now this total cost of 355 is actually pretty darn close to the total cost of if you tried to pay this all off in 10 years. So what I mean by that is if you decided to take the really aggressive route, squish the payments into 10 years, throw 2,800 towards it, because that's what it would take based off of this balance, um, you would pay 345. Your total cost would be 345 compared to 355 with the payments over the 25 year time frame, savings for the tax implication that might not be around. And so that's where like we have the conversation on lifestyle. It's, you know, it's close <laughs> to the same cost, but do you really want to soak up 2,800 a month going towards this debt for the next 10 years where, you know, that could be going towards other things that are productive? Okay. And wasn't that good? Yeah, I know. I told you. So this last one was kind of a funny idea that I had. Um, for an episode, it it happened because like in it was May of 2020, and you know COVID's happening, and Frozen Two had released early, okay, because like the world needed consoling, and Disney's solution was we will do an early release of Frozen Two. Now, if you haven't watched. Frozen, the Frozen series, Frozen 1 or Frozen 2. I don't understand you. Um, it's, they're fantastic movies. Like, you can't tell me that you have a better movie to watch right now than either of those. What I will say is people's initial reaction is when they watched Frozen 2 was I liked the first one better. That was my reaction as well. Until it came out on video and I was forced to watch it on average um, four and a half times a week. And then um, you really start to see whole, the intense beauty behind the writing. Uh, COVID-2, oh shit, guys. Frozen 2 is, it's kind of deep. And so in this episode, episode 53, is six of my favorite Frozen 2 quotes and how they apply to the anxious life of like early pandemic. I kind of want to go back and re-listen to this entire episode because um, it's all kind it's all pretty damn relevant. So go back. Oh, you know what? Before I jump you in um, to episode 53. It, I want to do a reprise of this idea. Uh, so there was a new movie that was released on Christmas by Disney called Soul. And that one is not so hidden, the like philosophy. Like it's pretty in your face that like, whoa, this has some deep philosophy 
um, I think I literally said to Kirby, like, do you think that the writers of Soul read every book from like Buddhism to the Bible, to the untethered soul, to a journey, uh, a soul's journey, and like then got really stoned and wrote this movie. Um, so it's fantastic. But I think we're going to like, Kirby and I are going to watch it and pick our favorite quotes and do like a reprise of this episode just on the movie Soul, because there are some gems in there that uh, need to be picked apart and applied to our current life. Okay, so this is episode 53. It's a solo of just me going through um, my six favorite Frozen quotes, but you're just going to hear about one of them. All right, here you go. So number one is a quote by Elsa and Anna's mom, and it's in the very first song of the entire movie. And it is, when all is lost, all is found. Okay, so... This is such a profound thing that we, I mean, we're so going through. What I want to start by saying is that we have to realize that so many of us talk about self-growth and self-care and all of this stuff. And whether it's personal growth or professional growth or like growth in the gym, whatever the gains may be, it must be forced upon us. So let's talk about something very small, such as growth gains in the gym. In order to lose weight, build muscle, you have to push yourself way past a place that like you should want to. Like, yeah, some freaks get like, they eventually like it. But like, when you're new to the idea of exercise for gains of some sort, there's this point where you're like, I don't think that this feels good. I don't, I don't think, I think I'm doing this wrong. And anybody experienced will go like, no, that's what's, that's what's happening. This is where the progress happens. And a very similar thing happens in life. When you go like, this is really, really hard. If you look back, and this is a good exercise, if you look back and think of two or three moments in your life that were transformational, um, and they, they don't need to be big transformational. I mean, they can be things like that really didn't have much to do with you. Maybe your parents got divorced. Maybe you had to switch schools. And like, it doesn't have to be even in the last five years, just when you look back at your life and you're like, whoa, that was, that pivoted. So don't think like, what were the hardest things? Like, what were the things that pivoted you and were a part of making who you are today listening to this podcast? More than likely, they're not gonna be happy, easy things. Even if you're like, well, I got accepted into chiropractic school. Yeah. And was that easy? Was um, organic chemistry in undergrad easy? Like, no, you had to work your butt off to get to that point. So it's a lot of times at these moments, these moments that end up transforming us into who we were truly put here to be. Because you know, you know, listening, we were not all created to be images of Rachel Hollis. We were not all put here to be 
um, replicas of each other. Okay, like so think of whatever female or male that you put on a pedestal, like good for them. That's great. I'm not a, I'm not like against you having a mentor, but you know that you're not here to be them, right? And so the path to discovering who you were put here to be often requires stripping away all of the layers that society and we subconsciously have put on ourselves, and is just blurring. It's like we can't see through all of the layers of bullshit that we've like put on to see who we are supposed to be. So in order to find and get one step closer, because guess what? Like <laughs> there's not this perfect person, like this perfect idea that's on the other side. Like I just want to like say that, that this is a journey, but like you cannot begin to take steps forward until you lose all of that baggage, all of those layers that you're carrying with you. So once you strip that away, you know, when we apply this to what we're going through right now, so many things have been stripped from us, our freedoms. Um, but when you look, look at who you are right now, the integrity that you're showing up for your family with, okay? Like, Maybe you're showing up really vulnerable and you're teaching your kids how to process through grief or stress. That's uniquely you. How you are showing up in that is uniquely you. Maybe you are um, showing up and prioritizing your health and you're showing your kids like that during times of stress, you're not going to revert back and fall off the bandwagon and that like running is really good for your mind. Like, Whatever it is, how you're showing up personally and professionally for the people you're leading, whether it's um, your roommate in college, whether it is your mother, whether it's your husband, whether it's your child, whether it's your coworker, how you're showing up right now is the stripped down version of you under pressure. And this, this is where we start to strike gold. And this is the good stuff. All right, so that was the final clip that is in this uh, part one of the best of 2020. Um, go back, listen to these episodes. They are, even if you've listened to them before, they are all worth a re-listen because of the amount of just like heart and soul and value in each one. Um, and I can't wait to release uh, part two next week. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be on it? Do you have any guesses? Okay, there's there's a couple people that I like. I almost feel bad that they weren't in part one because you're there. Like they, but you have to wait. You have to wait until next week when we release part two of the best of 2020. In the meantime, like I said, feel free to write a review. Uh, take a screenshot. If one of these was your favorite episodes, I would love for you to share, um, like say like, yes, this was my favorite episode. Um, yeah, yeah. Just give me, give me all that feedback because I love it so much. All right, She Slayers, until next week. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients, 
Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <music> 